What is good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast, man. Back at it again today, Monday, September 27th. I hope all you guys are doing well out there. Hopefully, all you guys are feeling even better. It is a new week to get better, to aspire for all your goals and your dreams, to continue pushing, and just trying to get 1% better each and every single day, not just for yourself, but for the people around you, too. And today, man, I just want to say... Spread love. It is so much negative energy out here already in this world. It is so much jealousy and envy out here in this world. So please just spread love because you never know what people are going through. You never know how they're feeling deep down inside. And that little love that you might give those people in the little time that you spend with them could be so impactful and influential to those people throughout the course of their lives. So just spread love, man. I promise you it is much more powerful than people will ever like to tell you, man. But as always, we are still in the middle of this coronavirus pandemic, man. So please, please, please wear a mask anytime you're outside surrounded by a large group, crowd, or gathering. Wash your hands as much as possible to keep the virus from getting on your hands and especially your face. And lastly, but certainly not least, summertime is over. It is now the fall season. But still, whenever you get some sunlight, please go outside and get some ultraviolet rays on your skin because I promise you the sun kills all viruses and the coronavirus is not excluded from that list. And it's also, as always, we are still demanding justice for Breonna Taylor. We are still demanding justice for Elijah McClain. We are still demanding justice for Jacob Blake. And we're going to continue to demand justice for anybody out there that has been a victim of police brutality or even worse police murderings because it simply needs to and it must stop point blank period. Now today, because I just seen a tweet by the great John Rothstein about 20 minutes ago, and it said six weeks from tomorrow, college basketball will officially be returned for the 2021-2022 season. And I'm so ecstatic to hear that news. You guys know I love college basketball. I'm one of college basketball's biggest fans. And just to hear that news was a blessing in itself. And so today I just want to talk about some of the biggest storylines going into this upcoming season because rewind it to last year. Obviously, COVID hit the earth. Everybody was affected by it. And college basketball was just kind of down. It was so many teams that I thought would be better that were actually really, really bad. Obviously, you had Duke miss the tournament. Kentucky missed the tournament. My Michigan State Spartans barely made the tournament. But even then, we lost in the first round. Kansas was okay in the tournament. They got blown out by USC. But like all the Blue Bud schools, even North Carolina got bounced, I think, in the first or second round to Wisconsin. So it was just a rough year. Like I expected Memphis to be better than what they were. They didn't make the NCAA tournament but they won the NIT last year but still that's not you know living up to the standards that Memphis fans know of and are about and it was just so many different things that kind of affected last year's season and I don't want to take anything away from the great season that Gonzaga had USC had UCLA had and especially Baylor who ended up winning the national championship those teams had great seasons Alabama included like I don't want to take anything away from those schools but still COVID did have a big impact and effect on everybody from the the students, the managers, the coaches, everybody. It was a big time regression from what we thought it was going to be. And so let's just start off with the first storyline going into next season because the transfer portal, I think, did wonders to all the coaches that utilize it to the benefit of their team. It was a lot of coaches that complained about the transfer portal, but if you used it right, you were able to add on to your team and make your team a better team to be more competitive going into this college basketball season. So I don't really want to hear any of these coaches complaining because 
coaches get up and leave their jobs all the time to go to a bigger and more luxurious university. You know what I'm saying? Like, it happens all the time. So don't be mad when players decide to leave and then go to a different school. And sometimes, you know, a player's not going to be smart. They're going to leave a situation that they should not have left and go to a school that isn't necessarily the best for them. It happens. Coaches do the same thing, too. But... It's just life. You got to learn from your failures just as you learn from your mistakes. But the first big storyline that I have going into next season, and this is pretty, should be pretty obvious, and that's Coach K is entering his final year as the head men's basketball coach at the University of Duke. Honestly, when he announced this news earlier this year, I was kind of shocked and I kind of wasn't just because Father Time is undefeated, so it kind of was only going to be a matter of time until this happened, but I just could never even picture in my head the thought of Duke men's basketball playing a game and Coach K not being on the sidelines. Because when you think of Duke, yeah, you probably think of some of their players like Christian Leitner, Grant Hill, Zion Williamson, Kyrie Irving, and the list goes on. But you also think of Coach K. Coach K is Duke. He literally built Duke from the ground up. Duke was nothing until Coach K got there. And he's been there way longer than I have been born and pretty much any of the listeners listening to this podcast have been alive for. But he is Duke. He is Duke through and through. And just for him to be in his last season is honestly crazy because he's one of the greatest, not even just college basketball coaches of all time, but he's one of the greatest basketball coaches ever. I know a lot of people have mixed feelings about him, but I do have to give him his credit because he is a legend in the game of basketball. So it's going to be crazy. This Duke team is going to be a really good team too. You got Paulo Bonchero, a 6'10 power forward out of Seattle. I think is going to be a top three pick in the NBA 2020 draft class. He is a phenomenal player. He can do everything on the court. You're also going to have another freshman in AJ Griffin and another freshman from the DMV in Trevor Kills. You're going to bring back some talented players like Wendell Moore, Jeremy Roach. You know, you're going to lose guys like Jordan Goldwire, Matthew Hurt, DJ Stewart. But this Duke team is really good, and I expect them to be sitting atop of the ACC Conference by the time we get into March Madness, and especially getting into the conference tournament. So Duke, Coach K's last ride, it's going to be crazy. Every single game is going to be nationally televised, and Duke fans especially, you guys should enjoy the ride. But especially as well, if you're a college basketball fan, enjoy the ride, because it's been a crazy ride when it comes to Coach K's career at Duke. So that's the first storyline. But let's go to the other school that is a part of the Tobacco Road rivalry, and that is North Carolina. Roy Williams, at the end of last season, after the Tar Heels got bounced by the Badgers of Wisconsin in the NCAA tournament, shockingly retired from the college basketball game. He then announced that Hubert Davis would be the newest head coach at Carolina in Chapel Hill. And that news was also kind of surprising just because I didn't think Roy was going to go out. But I kind of had a feeling, too, just because he wasn't a fan of the transfer portal. I don't think he was necessarily a fan of name, image, and likeness ruling. But it is what it is. Hubert Davis is now the newest head coach at North Carolina. And that is a big job to have. That is one of the premier jobs in the college basketball game. And I'm expecting UNC to have a really good season in the ACC as well. Caleb Love had a rough year as a freshman last year, but I was high on Caleb Love coming out of St. Louis and into his freshman year, so I expect him to bounce back. You're going to get back Armando Baycott. You're also going to get back Kerwin Walton. You're going to bring in Justin McCoy. Dawson Garcia transfers in from Marquette, as well as Brady Manick transferring in from Oklahoma. This team has experience. It has vets. It has the star players to be good. And the ACC, I'm not going to lie, the ACC is going to be kind of down this year. You know, you're going to have Duke, Carolina, Florida State is always going to be there, of course. I think Virginia Tech is a sleeper team that should be at top of the rankings as well. I don't know what's going to happen at Louisville. I don't know what's going to happen at Virginia. You know, everybody else is kind of just like 
man, you know, you got Clemson, Miami, Boston College, all these other schools, but I don't expect anything from them, NC State included. It's just like a weird conference, but I do expect the cream of the crop to rise and be the cream of the crop, and that is Florida State, North Carolina, Duke, and Virginia Tech. So it's going to be interesting. I'm not expecting too much out of Hubert Davis just because it's year one. You got to give a guy a chance to build the program the way that he wants it to be built. I don't know how different it's going to be from Roy Williams, but I do believe that when you get a new head coach in college football and college basketball at the NBA or even the NFL, it takes him three years to really establish themselves at whatever job that they're currently taking on. So I'm going to give Hubert Davis some time, but he does have a lot of talent on this team that should be a top team in the ACC because, again, the ACC is going to have a down year just like it did last year. But let's come out west because another Hall of Fame coach, just like Roy Williams, also sadly retired from the college basketball game last year as well, and that's Lon Kruger. Again, I did not expect Lon Kruger to retire. I kind of did see it coming a little bit, but I didn't think he would actually go through with it. And so he did after Oklahoma lost to Gonzaga in the NCAA tournament, which was a great game that Austin Reeves went crazy against. The Bulldogs came out on top, but that was still a great battle to watch. But Oklahoma, not only did they lose Lon Kruger, but they went out and hired one of the best coaches in America in Porter Moser. Getting Porter Moser from Loyola, Chicago was a huge home run hire for the Oklahoma Sooners athletic director. That is a great hire because if you watch Loyola Chicago, of course, we all remember their run to the Final Four a few years ago. They just had a big season this past year. They knocked off Illinois, who was an in-state rival for the most part, and beat them in the NCAA tournament. Porter Moser, no matter what type of talent he has on his roster, is going to get the job done. And to see him go from a job that's as small as Loyola Chicago and have, his, have that much success there in Chicago, I can only imagine how much success he's going to have at a bigger brand in a nationwide school like Oklahoma. And he's only going to get bigger and better recruits. He's only going to become an even better coach. And now, Oklahoma is no longer going to be just a football school. I promise you guys that right now. Oklahoma is going to be a real deal basketball school. Maybe not to the as, you know, maybe not to the effect as big as it is in football, but I promise you that basketball team is going to be good for years to come. And also, shout out to my guy, Elijah Harkless. He had a great year for them last year, transferring over from Cal State Northridge, and I expect him to have even more success this upcoming season. So watch out for the Sooners in the Big 12 because they will be a sneaky good team this upcoming season. Also, let's come out even further west to where I am currently located, and that is LA. Because last year, UCLA officially came back onto the map when it comes to relevancy in the college basketball world because I'm going to be honest, when UCLA announced that Mick Cronin would be the new head men's basketball coach of the program, I did not like the hire because I thought Mick Cronin was a pretty good coach in Cincinnati. You know, he had a lot of success. He put some guys into the NBA, but I just was not a fan of his especially at a job like UCLA. UCLA is a tough job. The standards are always going to be set high at UCLA. It might not be fair, but that's just how it is. They produce plenty of NBA players. John Wooden has a crazy resume, 11 championships, all of that. UCLA is a tough job. And so Mick Cronin, just last year, he came out and got them from the first four to the final four. Johnny Juzang had a crazy run. The team was just well put together with Tiger Campbell and a couple other different guys. But pretty much, they returned that exact same team. And guess what? They they bring in a guy from Long Beach who I think is going to also end up being a lottery pick in the 2022 NBA draft who goes by the name of Peyton Watson. He's a 6'9", small forward, 
super athletic. He's elite at creating separation. He just has all the tools in his bag. He can get off any type of shot that he wants to. He's very, very versatile. He's a high-level defender, and I think he's going to start from day one for the Bruins. And so UCLA is another team that could end up winning a national championship this year because they bring back everybody. Johnny Juzang is back. Jaime Hawkins Jr. is back. Tiger Campbell is back. Uh, David Singleton is back. Cody Riley, back. And they also add Miles Johnson, who's a really good forward from Rutgers, who also just happens to be from Long Beach. So UCLA has another really good team. And shout to Mick Cronin, the Bruins are officially back when it comes to the top of the pyramid in the college basketball world. So credit to UCLA. They are back and booming. Now, Let's transition over to the SEC, otherwise known as the Southeastern Conference. I made a podcast on this a few weeks ago, but I firmly believe on the men's and the women's side of college basketball that the SEC is going to be the best Power 5 conference of all five conferences. And on the men's side specifically, just because we're going to talk about the men's today, we'll talk about the women's down the line. But staying on the men's side, it is so many good teams in the SEC that it's not even funny. And when it comes to the cream of the crop of that conference, you're going to have Kentucky, you're going to have Arkansas, you're going to have Auburn, and you're going to have, who am I missing? Kentucky, Arkansas, Alabama, and I'm missing somebody, Auburn. Kentucky, Alabama, Arkansas, and Auburn are all going to be the cream of the crop in this conference. Those four schools all have elite rosters. Now, Kentucky probably has the deepest roster, but Eric Musselman did a good job at Arkansas getting a roster together. Nate Oates has done the same thing at Alabama, and Bruce Pearl has assembled a pretty good roster after losing Sharif Cooper last year and JT Thor of bringing back a roster to Auburn. That conference is going to be a war every single game because there's even some sneaky teams in there like LSU. Will Wade is a pretty good team with a couple different guys like Adam Miller and Xavier Pinson. They got some good returners. You got Mississippi State, and I'm not even a big fan of Ben Hallen, but he has utilized the transfer portal, like I mentioned earlier, by bringing in my guy Rocket Watts from Michigan State. You're going to get DJ Jeffries from Memphis. You're going to bring in Garrison Brooks from North Carolina. Mississippi State is another very, very low-key team in that conference that could make some noise. Also, you're going to have Ole Miss, who brings back a ton of talent, and they bring in my guy Deshaun Ruffin, Mississippi Finest. He is going to be a big-time player in the SEC. Watch out for that name and remember that name. Deshaun Ruffin is the truth. And even Buzz Williams at Texas A&M is going to get things rolling this year. And I'm not saying that Texas A&M is going to make the tournament. I'm not saying they're going to have a lot of success. But they're going to be a solid team that you're going to have to bring your A game for every single game if you want to beat them. So watch out for the SEC, man. They have four teams in Kentucky, Alabama, Auburn, and Arkansas that all can legitimately make the Final Four because they are that good and that talented. So watch out for the SEC. Now, Let's go to the 901 because the 901 is going to have the most eyes of all college basketball fans. Penny Hardaway in Memphis. Of course, we remember they brought in Imani Bates. They brought in Jalen Duran. But they also just bring back a ton of key returners between DeAndre Williams, who I think is going to be their X-Factor, Lester Quinones, Malcolm Dandridge. It is so many guys on that team between Alex Lomax, Ty Harris, um, my guy, from Virginia Tech, you got so many good players on that team and Landers Nolly that I don't even know like what I'm expecting from this team, but I just want to say they have to make at least the Elite Eight or Sweet 16, but Memphis is good, man. I think they're going to be good. You bring in Larry Brown as an assistant coach. You also bring in Rasheed Wallace. You have a loaded team 
from top to bottom on that bench and you're led by Penny Hardaway, this team should have a lot of success. And every single game that they play is going to be must-see TV. I promise you that right now. Imani Bates is the goods. Jalen Durant should be a, a dominant college basketball player. And the rest of that team is just good enough. Now, again, I was very let down that they didn't make the NCAA tournament last year. But this team has no excuses. They have to make the NCAA tournament. Otherwise, I hate to say it, but Penny will be on the hot seat. And it sounds crazy because I know Memphis loves Penny more than they love anybody else. But he has to do it. And I think he will. I do think he will. I don't think Penny will ever be on the hot seat. But this year is the year for Penny to make some noise in the regular season and especially in the postseason in March Madness. So I'm, I'm ready to watch this team. Imani Bates is going to light it up. It's going to be fun to watch the Tigers, man. They should dominate the AAC. Not dominate, but they should have a lot of success in the AAC. And they should make it to the NCAA tournament with really no blemishes on their resume. They might lose a couple different games, but for the most part, they should have a successful season, and I do firmly believe that the Memphis Tigers will have a very successful season with Penny Hardaway and Imani Bates and Jalen Durant. So watch out and look out for the Tigers' upcoming season. And of course, another name that you can never forget when it comes to college basketball, do not forget about Jay Wright in the Villanova Wildcats in the Big East. The Big East should be interesting. You know, Xavier and Villanova, I think, are going to be the cream of the crops in that conference. But Villanova, to me, is clearly the best team. You're going to bring back Colin Gillespie. You're going to get Brandon Slater back alongside Justin Moore, who I think is going to have a big-time junior season. You're also going to have Jermaine Samuels. This team is a Jay Wright team to a T. Like, they have everything. The toughness, the grittiness, the uh, rebounding ability, the playmaking ability, the, the ability to play simple basketball and not overcomplicate things. Villanova is going to be really good yet again. They gave Baylor... In the, NCAA, in the NCAA tournament run for the Bears, for Scott Drew, in the run to win the national championship, Villanova gave Baylor their toughest task of the entire March Madness run. And that was without Colin Gillespie, who is their lead point guard. They were doing that with a backup point guard. Jay Wright, to me, is easily the best coach in all of college basketball. He is an elite head coach, and this team is going to be another team that you have to watch out for, especially come March time. So do not forget about Coach Right now, we talked about Oklahoma, but let's also talk about the other school that's featured in the Red River rivalry, and that is the Texas Longhorns. The Texas Longhorns, honestly, out of every single school in the Division One level or at the Division One level, shall I say, nobody had a better offseason than the Longhorns. First of all, you snag away Chris Beard from Texas Tech and you get him in Austin. You also get Chris Beard, and he assembles one of the best coaching staffs in the country. And then to top it off, you bring in one of the best available point guards in the transfer portal in Marcus Carr. You bring in one of the best wings in Trey Mitchell from UMass. You bring back Courtney Ramey. You get Dylan DeSue from Vanderbilt, who was a phenomenal player for the past couple years under Jerry Stackhouse. Texas is going to be good. Just how I mentioned earlier that Oklahoma is going to be a basketball school just as much as it is as a football school, I can say the same thing for Texas. Chris Beard is going to have so much success at Texas this upcoming season. And for the rest of the time that he's going to be there, Texas did a phenomenal job this offseason. The Longhorns, I know we like to say that they're always back when it comes to college football, even though they rarely ever are. But Texas basketball is officially back and booming. And I promise you, Chris Beard is a great head coach. And he's going to have plenty of success for, ha for however long that he's going to be down in Austin. So do not forget about the Longhorns. Now, let's transition to the Midwest. And that's the Big Ten. The Big Ten 
just like the ACC, I think is going to have a pretty down year. The cream of the crop is going to be Michigan. You're going to have Ohio State. You're going to have Purdue. I think it's probably going to be the second best team after Michigan. Illinois should be good. And we can't forget about my Michigan State Spartans. But I just want to talk about Michigan, and then we'll talk about my Spartan dogs in a second. But when it comes to Michigan, yes, they won the Big Ten regular season championship last season. Jawan Howard is doing a phenomenal job, not only recruiting guys and getting them to commit to the Michigan in Ann Arbor, but also just doing a phenomenal job when it comes to coaching his players up and giving them confidence and just drawing up great X's and O's plays. So really, they had a lot of success because they brought back Hunter Dickinson for his sophomore season. They're also going to get Caleb Houston, who's a five-star freshman. You're going to bring back Eli Brooks to play point guard. You got Kobe Bufkin, another top-tier freshman. You get Terrence Williams, who's going to be back. Brandon John Jr. should be good. They bring in a couple. They bring in a grad transfer, I believe. Michigan's going to be good. They're going to be tough, tough, tough. They lose a little bit of talent. Um, between Isaiah Livers and uh, the point guard from last year. I'm forgetting his name right now, but Mike Williams it is. But they're still going to be good, and they're going to be the best team in the Big Ten. I would not be surprised if Jawan Howard repeats his Big Ten champions in the regular season. This team is good, and so I can't forget about Purdue as well because Matt Painter, one of the best coaches in the country when it comes to X and O's. Jaden Ivey is a stud. If you don't know that name right now, Please go watch his highlights. Jaden Ivey is the truth. He is going to be a lottery pick in next year's draft. He is going to be the best player on Purdue this year, and they're going to have a lot of success with him as their best player. They're also going to bring back Travion Williams, who's from Chicago but played his high school basketball in Michigan. Travion Williams is one of the best big men in the country, and the Boilermakers have a good roster out in West Lafayette, Indiana. So watch out for them as well. But let's talk about my Michigan State Spartan Dogs. I am excited for this upcoming season because I love it when the national media sleeps on Tom Izzo coach teams because that is when he thrives the most. It is something about Coach Izzo that he just loves to have a chip on his shoulder and he just loves to prove everybody wrong because even look back at 2019, we went to the Final Four and in that Elite Eight game against Duke, pretty much everybody had Duke winning that game because they had Zion Williamson, RJ Barrett, and Cam Reddish, but what happened? Cassius Winston had a great game, Xavier Tillman played well, and Kenny Goins hit one of the biggest shots, not only in Michigan State basketball history, but just in the history of college basketball, period, and we end up in the Final Four, and a lot of people counted us out and doubted us to win that game, but ultimately, we came out on top, and so I love this for us because, yes, we struggled last year, we had a lack of point guard play, but we bring back a lot of our roster, Aaron Henry is a big loss, but we bring back some good players from A.J. Hogard, Julius Marble, Marcus Bingham Jr., Gabe Brown. I love this team. Joey Hauser. This team has the perfect blend of veterans and top-tier freshmen with guys like Jaden Akins, Max Christie should have a good season, Pierre Brooks. This team is good, man. I know a lot of people are sleeping now, but I promise you, by the time February and March comes, when Tom Izzo Michigan State teams usually come alive and get going, this team is going to have a lot of success. So do not sleep on my Spartan dogs. I promise you. Jaden Akins, he's only a freshman, but I promise you guys right now, I'm telling you, months in advance, he is going to be a stud at the college basketball level. And this team is going to have plenty, plenty of good moments throughout the course of this upcoming season. Watch out for my Spartan dogs. I promise you guys, we are going to be a really, really good team that a lot of people in the country are going to sleep on and not give us our credit, but we will have a lot of success and I know a lot of people are doubting because we got knocked out in the first round of pretty much we got knocked out in the first four which is not even really the NCAA tournament but it still is um to be specific and to you know be technical but we're gonna be good and that's all I'm gonna say about that do not sleep 
on my Spartan dogs. But all in all, I'm so happy to, to have college basketball back, man. Last year was kind of weird just because of everything happening with COVID. We didn't have fans in the stands. And just fans in general, like, I know a lot of people kind of like to discount them and use it as an excuse for why players didn't have that much success, but they do make an impact. The environment with the fans is so much better. You're seeing that with football. You're seeing that with the NBA. It's a beautiful thing to have fans back in the stands, man. They just make such an impact, and it's just a beautiful thing. It's nothing like college basketball and college football because of the traditions, the cultures, the environments. It is a beautiful thing to see, and I just cannot wait to see that again back in college basketball. And also, too, the Final Four next season will be in New Orleans at the Superdome, Mercedes-Benz Superdome to be exact, where the New Orleans Saints play. I can't wait for that. I believe they had the Final Four there previously. I can't remember the exact year, but I do know they played it there before, so I cannot wait for that to happen, but I'm excited, man. The Transfer Portal did good things. A lot of people think the Transfer Portal was detrimental to college basketball. But I disagree, man. It was so many good players that went to better situations that they're going to be able to showcase their, their skill sets to the fullest degree and capacity. And I'm excited to see it, man. College basketball is in a really good place. You're going to see kids getting a whole bunch of endorsements and getting money and profiting off their name, image, and likeness instead of the NCAA doing so. And it's a beautiful thing to see. It's a new age. The future is upon us. It is a beautiful day and a beautiful year and beautiful time to be a fan of college basketball, man. So brace yourselves. It's going to be a great season. And as always, man i appreciate you guys if you made this far this has been another episode of the kevo bands hoops podcast man shout out to nuts and bowls sports i'm a college basketball writer slash blogger slash journalist featured alongside a whole bunch of other really talented writer slash blogger slash journalists we are at nuts and bolts sp on both twitter and instagram so please go follow us for all your sports news and content i promise you guys nuts and bolts has it all for you also please go subscribe to our youtube channel again it is at nuts and bolts sports for all your sports news and entertainment i promise you guys nuts and bolts sports has you covered and as always i'm also featured on nuts and bolts sports podcast network alongside a whole bunch of other really talented content creators and podcast hosts so please go check us out on our long list of sports podcasts as well shout out to you guys you guys are much appreciated promise you guys i love you guys for supporting me and listening to me but as always please like comment subscribe rate review and share and if you listen to my podcast on apple Podcasts, please leave a rate and review that is how we share grow and expand the podcast you guys stay safe out there enjoy your week keep trying to get better each and every single day and as always peace 